2: Man, how are you been, sir? Can't complain, can't complain. A lot going on, can't, uh, on a whole bunch of different levels. But man, I've been watching the, your stuff, man. Loving it, loving it. Thank you. Proud, super proud of you.
1: Thank you very much.
2: You are definitely your gift.
1: Thank you. I, I definitely feel it. And it's funny because uh, when I think back to our, our last conversation, I feel like your, your um, podcast episode number 19 was where I, I kind of, um, Stop posting after that one at the end of February of last year. And that's with being in Puerto Rico, trying to work remotely. But at the same time, I, I just felt like I was doing way too much. I was trying to do the podcast, do the extreme coaching, do the real estate all at the same time as starting a new job. And Mm. I was like, I needed to to step back, but I I stepped back maybe a little bit too long. But Mm. thankfully, um, Donald, uh, the voice that helps me with the editing and the voiceover um, with the intro, he's definitely been a big help, just encouraging me to continue to uh, keep going or at the very least share the recordings that we've done with everyone else that gave me their time so i was like okay we got a little bit in um towards the middle of the year over the summer Mm -hmm. and it's funny because right around that time like the views and everything peaked and i i wasn't even looking at that i was just like okay just put something out there and forget about it. And then finally near the end of the year started this year. I was like, okay, I've, I've got to do something like laying around, feeling bad for myself. it, it It's not good. And also I, right. I just, I felt bad um, seeing other people, whether it's friends or family that cared about me feeling worse for me than I felt for me. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm tired of feeling bad for myself. So I just got back to putting out one a week. And then I was like, maybe I'll do something creative. I, I found the recordings with, uh, with Ryan when he was freestyling in the in the car Mm -hmm. um, at the prayer line at the uh, the retreat I think back from like twenty twenty eighteen I I think it was so Mm -hmm. I was like hey I found these are you cool with me putting them out he's like yeah go ahead so I I went ahead and shared those a couple of times just try something a little different but I I appreciate that compliment.
2: Oh yeah man just just know people are watching. I think a lot of times people uh when they do things like this this is one of the things that uh i use this imagery that i think a lot of people miss and that is we don't plant seeds and then sit and watch uh where we planted them to see the 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 plant grow we don't do that because we know intuitively that's really a wasted thing right. to do, but we do that with other things, right? Right. We 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 do something on social media, we do something with a person in relationship, and we just expect things to just kind of happen, and we want to be there when they happen. And that's not your job. Your job is, you know, that's why I like the, the biblical verse where it says uh, that Paul planted the Apollo watereth, but God gives the increase. That that is not wait. Uh, so that say that again. Uh, there's a there's a biblical verse. Uh, let me find it uh, where Paul is making a point, because uh, I think that the disciples, his his disciples are making some statement relative to uh, a, another person out there who is uh, named Apollos, who's out there preaching the gospel. And he's not in their circle of people. Right. And so uh, uh, they they they're having a problem with what he's doing. And and um, Jesus kind of talked about this, but but. Uh, um. Uh, uh, yeah. No. Jesus talked about this, uh, right? Um. I'm trying to find out. Hold on. Gotcha. Okay. On.
1: I guess I. I was just saying, Paul, because I. I thought you were relating back to where you started the story.
2: Yeah. 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 Well. Well. It. It is kind of. I'm just using the backdrop of that that Jesus also talked about this too, right?
1: Oh, so, okay. Okay. In
2: first, First Corinthians three, it says, uh, this is Paul talking. He says, right. I planted Apollos watereth, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. So okay. Oh, yeah. That was verse six. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the point, the point is, is that um you know, we don't need to be paying attention to it because what we do, we just need to be faithful with what we need to do. And, and I'm seeing that even in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. um uh, You know, if I did what I what I what I think I should do, even with, you know, we're talking about the book that I wrote, uh, Discover Your Gift. Right. Uh, if I did what I thought I would, you know, be, you know, trying to try to chart out a plan and an agenda and. You know and that's what a lot of people do and I'm not saying there's not a place for that but they you know they kind of agenda I want to have this many followers by this and this and I want to have this many followers by this and, and all these other things and 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 the problem is, is that I don't think there's any the problem with people is that is that none of this stuff is wrong. It's just that we need to put it in an order or a context or a process that aligns with a higher principle. Mm-hmm. For me that's the gospel, right? right. That's God. Uh, for somebody else, it might be something else. So I, I think you should have all these things that you, you do, but you don't need to be bound or put in bondage by them, right? right. So so one of the things I do is, you know, I I, I wrote the book. I'm going to finish writing the other two books, but I'm just letting things kind of lay out in a normal way. And the way this has happened with us is we have uh, focused study groups at my church, book focused study groups. and. So we've uh, really just kind of blown up mm. in terms of uh, you know uh, really being able to impact people's lives in these focus study groups, and so the book is kind of slowly you know really being impactful in people's lives first in our circle of 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 of, of community. So the people that are close to me, mm-hmm. then you know our church community, right. and and you know if it's God's will, we'll we'll just keep moving. Uh, to, to increase that circle of influence from the book because what we're trying to do is starting to really take hold and sometimes you don't really know what God's trying to do with with something you're doing until you start to just go do it and you start to see how it manifests itself. so it, it man it's just been been just a blessing uh, just everything that's kind of come from that and that's you know and the other part is, that my wife and I both do do it. So right, right. that's that, really a blessing.
1: That's beautiful. That, it's That's one of the things I, I really wanted to ask you about because I know from being on the, the prayer line together and just talking with you um, on and offline, I know a big part of writing the book was also the class that you've implemented within your church. Yeah. And I was wondering just how's that gone throughout what was oh, last man. year and just since then, like, how
2: has it grown? Yeah. How's it just... It- it, is, it is just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, this this recent class, we had over 80 people in the class. We had to oh, wow. kind of have these breakout groups. And, you know, at first, you know, we were kind of wanted to, um, we didn't want it to get bigger than 12. But we said, you know, we, we prayed about it. And I said, we we don't need to be putting limitations on what God can do. So let's just see what happens. And the group grew to like 80 people who got involved. <laughs> Right. And uh, so we did breakout groups and the breakout groups just were were just huge. So now we realize that that there is a way that God wants to do this. And I think the pandemic has created another platform and arena for the gospel to be spread that's not localized. Right. Right. And so I think our abilities that that, that is available to us that we can be having these focused study groups around the book and ministering. Because what happens is the book is the, the focal point and we're going through the chapters of the book Mm-hmm. But uh, it's also um, um, uh, creates community, which to me, is at the heart of it to right. really discover your gift. It, it's just very important that you have community because we actually had a discussion about that. Yeah. Like when we're talking about your the the, the guy, that's part of the whole uh, divine quest, the journey of discovering your gift. One of the things we talk about is the guy who, mm-hmm. you know, that that person in your life, you know, and we I use the analogies of people like, I use, you know, uh, uh, secular analogies like Obi Juan Kenobi was to Luke Skywalker or uh you know Merlin uh to Ar- uh you know Arthur. Right, right. Or or you know, or Nathan and Samuel to David, you know what I'm saying? So so everyone who who got a calls to a call a great calling. He 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 re- aligns somebody into your life who um, um, who will help you guide you in the direction you need to go. And so, of course, people are on the call because it's you know prim- primarily a, a faith community. It's like, well, what if you don't have a person in your life? What if what if Jesus is your 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 guide? And I'm not saying I said I told him I said I'm not I'm not saying that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 there's really no biblical example for it. And there's really no secular example for it. We need each other. Right. Right. You know, the reason why we know each other is because of the. right.
1: Exactly. Call. That that's what I was going to say. It's the prayer call through BU. That's how we met.
2: Right. 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 So. So you need people, you know, Um uh, needing them and, and uh, being needy relative to them are two different things. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but when I needing them. I mean, they are important that you need to be open to and available for that kind of guidance. Right. But I'm not telling you to be running around saying, man, can you guide me, man? Can you guide me? Can you help me? Can you help me? That's not what I'm saying. Mm. I'm saying Focus, keep your head focused on the prize of what you should be doing and make sure you're putting your energies there. And as that well-worn quote says that I believe is true, is that when the teacher, I mean, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm -hmm. It is you growing and developing and becoming who you should be that 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 allows the light of your you becoming who you uh, going to become to 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 bring attention to the person that God wants to put in your life to guide you on to your full destiny, right? Right. So yeah. I, I'm not I, sure I, if that's what you asked me, but no, you know, that, that's exactly I, what I asked you. And, okay. And all right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's
1: right there because, it, like, just the last statement that you ended on when the student is ready, the teacher will come. It just, it just, that's been resounding in my head because I don't know if I shared this with you before, but growing up, my nickname was teacher. Mm-hmm. And it didn't click until I asked my dad a few years back or maybe a year or Two ago, and I was like, "Dad, what what does chicha mean?" Because it in um, where we're from in Cameroon, we speak uh, French as a primary language, but they also speak like the dialect. So you get that um, pidgin or like broken English that we mm-hmm. speak. So teacher to us would sound like Chicha mm-hmm. <laughs> Chicha. So I was like, okay, that's, that's been my nickname for as long as I can remember it. It's like, what does that mean? And he was like, oh, it, it means teacher. Like, because you've always been one to want to share information with people, want to educate, because I can remember back when I visited my dad for the first time. And um, uh, when I was four years old was the first time I came to the U.S. He was in uh, seminary school at Lee University. And Where? They,
2: Liberty, uh, Liberty, right? No,
1: Lee, Lee University in Lee Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland, Tennessee.
2: Gotcha,
1: gotcha. So um, he was here, I think that was in 94. Mm -hmm. He was either here, I think from like 92 to 90. I want to say 1992 he was was here. But basically my mom and I had a chance to come visit him for about a, a period of a month. And when I went back, I was like telling everybody like, oh, man, like I went to America. Um, this is what's different. This is this like just your little kid, just sharing things that are always um, that you've seen, the things you experience. Like, um, obviously, we we all have houses. We live like the middle class life back in Cameroon. And I, I kind of found it funny when I came to the U.S. for the um, to stay in 97 and mm-hmm. starting school soon after the following year is just like people would ask you questions with like Do you have houses? Do you guys live in the bush? Because... Like I later came to understand now that, okay, it's ignorance just for not knowing. Like they don't mean anything, any malice by it. Like some people maybe did, but I kind of, I got over that over time. But it's like a lot of people just inquire and ask questions based on what they understand. But just going back to what you said about your go- your gift will make room for you and understanding what your gift is and being open to accepting that and just moving in the, d- the direction that God will move your life and just... Yeah. Even sometimes I know some people, a lot of people nowadays don't really like to reference God or be spiritual or have the Christian connotation behind it. But every time it's like you have that voice in the back of your head, whether some other people will say it's your conscious or different things like that. But when you listen and when you move, when you should move, it goes a long way and it really makes a difference as to um, whether you're on track or you're off track. And it's not just one of those things that just clicks and appears magically. But when it's working and when you're working according to that plan, like a lot of things go much smoother than they would have or they have been. Right. And to your point about needing people or... (laughs) How did you say it? Being needy versus needing people, needing people. So for me, I I know the prayer line and you guys are definitely people that I need in my life. And um, it wasn't the first time last year, but I know when I started to kind of go through it, I didn't want to be, quote unquote, needy. So that's why it's like I pulled back. But at the same time, I was pulling back because I I needed I needed time with myself to where I was like, okay, you got to get up, do your devotional and things like that yourself, Asher, mm. so that um, you don't become needy of the information every day because I, I, at times I was just getting on and I was like, oh man, there's so much good information here. I've just got to get it all. And it's like right. you can't get it all. Like you get what you can and then you just work with that. As much as I might be getting information from people that are 5, 10, 20 mm-hmm. years older than me, all that wisdom, it's going to help me make some leaps and bounds but I'm not just going to become an overnight success. Like Overnight successes take 10 to 20 years. Like every single night, every single night they're built. But it's like, you don't just go to sleep one day and wake up and become a millionaire. And um, to quote Jim Rohn, something that he said, I've been listening to him um, regularly, is that if you get a million dollars, you best become a millionaire or else you get so that you get to keep the money. And what I've come to understand, it's been said over and over, but sometimes it just clicks differently when you hear something different. Is Mm -hmm. that um, you have to become what you envision for yourself before you you get there. Like if you want to become a millionaire, you have to be, you have to have a millionaire's mindset. You have to have a
2: millionaire here, right? Right.
1: Because it's like so many stories we've heard about people winning the lottery. And it's like very soon that money's gone for a number of reasons. But it's like the same story every single year. And then every single year, the same people are playing the lottery, hoping to hit it big. So Mm -hmm. I was talking with a coworker of mine recently because this year I started working at um, Home Depot in their merchandising department. And when I finally applied for the job and took it to just do something because I was doing nothing for a period of like six months after getting off the job with the shutdown and everything like that, Mm -hmm. some people were like, oh, that's beneath you or, oh, you're making how much? And it's like, I didn't go into it with those intentions. And it's probably been one of the best jobs I've had since college, since the first job that I had out of college, because it's like it highlights the things that um, I appreciate about working and the people that you work with, like people that are real. They're not trying to tiptoe around this or tiptoe around that. They're being authentically them, whether they're frustrated, happy, all of that comes out. And it's nice to be around that versus being around people that are pretending or just acting like they know something that they clearly don't know. And that that's just one one of the blessings to name the several that's come out of there. And just yesterday, I got a prompt in my email saying, hey, there's a job offered for like a superintendent position in Oak Ridge, which is not too far from where I'm at in uh, Oak Ridge, Tennessee. And I was like, okay, I'm definitely applying for that. And I'm going to connect with um, Regina to help me out in that area. Just be like, hey, let's if you got a minute, let's go over the uh, the basics and see see what we can do. Reply back to this in time and um, just follow through. And all that came in a matter of give or take four months when I finally decided in my mind, this is what you're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. Start putting out one episode of the podcast, get back to work mentally, get back to work physically, get back into and, it.
2: And stay And make sure you stay right there. Don't right Uh, the the other the other part that you have to do is once you get in that mindset one of the critical things that is often lost is that uh you have to have a commitment to what it is you're doing that that will sustain you even when what you're trying to do doesn't produce any results that you can see on on at at the moment right right um so i think i think you know i i wanted to affirm and confirm let you know Let me just say this. If you would have called me about the podcast, um, there are two responses I would have had. They both would have ended up with the same thing, but not the same energy. So if you would have called me and told me, hey, man, are you ready to do the podcast? Um, and you had not been consistent with what you were doing. I would have been on the podcast, but it would have been a different type of energy because, you know, I would have looked at it like, oh, OK, well, is starting this back up. Let me go in there and, you know, and, and, and support my brother, you know, because mm-hmm. I love him. Right. Versus me getting a call saying. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Ash, uh coming back around to me, you know, he's been getting it in. So now I, there's an energy that's that you have ex- have exuded into me because of your faithfulness, and I think that's what people me- mess up. Uh, with is that they don't understand the importance of energy right it it comes with different names you can say you know spiritual or spirit or whatever but the energy you bring to a situation i'm i'm one of the if you've read the book i talk about um how the english language does not do a good job of um um what's the word does not do a good job of of um of articulating the nuances with words so they use mm. love for a variety of different reasons the same love i got for my daughter they use the word love same love i got for my wife they use the word love but these are two different loves right right love i got for my mother's different they use different words mm. the greek language uses different words for each of these and so the greeks have learned how to bring the nuances of a particular feeling into the lexicon so I'm saying all that to say that when I talk about you know energy and spirit, there's a word called uh, charismatos, which is the same word uh, that uh, you know the, the the root of that word is the same word as the root for the word charisma, uh, charisma, mm. right? Right. So char- charismatos is is translated in the Bible as gift, mm. right? right? So so when it says stir up the gift that is in you, it's really saying. Get energized, right? Get, right? get What I'm saying is when you're functioning in the podcast, you are bringing an energy into the world, right? right. And it's, it's it's very interesting because, you know, when you talk, you, you kind of talk in a monotone way, but your effort level, your relational uh, uh dynamic is is very charismatic, right? You're a charismatic person. Thank you. You know what I mean? And so to that, the, the point that I'm making is, is that's what we need to focus on? That's what people need to understand. You know, it's the kind. Me and my wife. You know, we've been married thirty years, and I told her. You know, I couldn't put my finger on what we need to work on. I said, but you know, sometimes you come down with with the wrong energy, but you but you say the right words. See, that's mm. that's incongruent. Mm. When you say the right things, but the energy behind what you say is not consistent, congruent with it. It 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 feels disingenuous and dishonest. Right. You know what I'm saying. Like Correct. somebody comes to you and you say, Hey, how you doing? And they say, I'm fine. You just said you was fine. Right. But the way you said it, right. Yeah. That's yeah. you're not. So, so it does two things. One, it starts to chip away at my trust in what you say. Right. Because, you know, when you are willing to say something, but feel another thing that lets me know that you are willing to utter out your mouth things that aren't really truthful. Mm. Right. So, so to your to, to my point with you is is that you know you you you're being faithful you bringing you bringing Curry Smatos to to the situation mm-hmm. and and I appreciate it and you know listen I was making sure I was gonna be you know when I when I saw you hit me up I was like oh yeah I knew we were supposed to talk today I wasn't sure the time and then you hit me up and and uh, so you know I was gonna make sure I was gonna bring some energy to it right
1: I always appreciate it. Because whenever I I text you, I was like, I better, let me do this. I I just have to remind myself. I was like, let me make sure I either message him or message the future guest a day before or an hour before, because it's like, just because. Or both. Right. Or both. Or it's like just because I send the calendar invite or even in sending it, sometimes it's like, hey, did you get it? And it's like, no, it didn't go through. Like, I shouldn't assume that the technology is going to do what I'm supposed to do. Right. And that's what I'm
2: saying. That's what I'm saying about you. I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you. I want you to write this down because people may try to give you uh, a hard time about you know, that you don't sound charismatic, Mm. but where your charisma comes out is in action. Mm, I receive that. That's That's what I want you to realize. Like, like, don't let you know God made you but 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 you have some people they got charisma in their voice but 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 they monotone in their actions <laughs> they don't do nothing but they say there's <laughs> no energy to it right <laughs> it's nothing so if yeah. I have a choice between the two I want charismatos in action
1: right I received that man when, when you just said that monotone in your actions it's like that one that one kind of hit differently
0: yeah because it's so- like
1: I, because I I felt it where it's like, OK, if I already know that um, I have a tendency to be monotone in speaking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then now I'm being monotone in my actions. I'm like, oh, that's as a double negative. <laughs> I don't think I can win with that. And when I when I know I'm doing that, you don't ever do, the, that though. You don't well,
2: never do that. You're one of the people that I'm in relationship with. where I trust you. When you say you're going to do something, you do it.
1: Right. Right. But but I'm saying like case in point last year, when it seemed like the podcast took a break, that was me being monotone in my actions. And it's like, and I didn't show up. So it's like people wouldn't see me all together. And it's like part of the reason for me not showing up was where I was thinking, okay, maybe I'm not able to do this to the quality in which Mm -hmm. I was doing it before. But like you said, you have to be or I think um, David Shan said this when I and he was saying we have to be married to the actions and dating the results, like regardless of what it feels like, regardless of what you think it's going to look like. I was even here trying to mess around, get a new webcam plugged in and see if it's going to give me better better video quality. But I noticed it before when we were getting set up. And last week when I did two podcasts back to back, it just technical issues and it wasn't working. So I was like, hey, stop trying to be fancy. Go back to what's working. Like the computer webcam works perfectly fine. No headaches, no hiccups. Use that. Be Mm -hmm. consistent with it remember the goals with which you set out to do the podcast and it's like just keep it super simple you're talking with everyday people you're highlighting them we're highlighting the conversation and like I just got just getting back into the little things and even direct messaging friends on Instagram because that's Mm -hmm. the one platform I'm using up I'll share it to the other ones just so that I can reach more people. But I'm like, no, this is my sole focus. And through like the stories, at least it it lets you know if somebody's viewed it or clicked on it. And I, I messaged or reached out to somebody that I probably hadn't seen since 2014. And it's crazy to think that's almost, it'll be 10 years here in a little bit. I was thinking <laughs> in two years, I'll be going to uh, my 10 year college graduation. And it's like, mm-hmm. time just flies by. But um, I asked him, he was like, oh yeah, I checked out this this episode from the throwback Thursday that I put out with mm-hmm. my buddy Ben. And he's like, I was like, oh, cool. What, what'd you like about it? He's like, it's random people, but I, I like the I like the conversation that I liked his life story and I was like awesome because that's that's the whole point like Mm -hmm. if you saw it if you liked it if it resonated with you regardless if I saw a view or a comment or this or that I was like it reached the person it was supposed to reach that's it I am in
2: 1000% agreement
1: It's funny. I, I was sitting here looking, and I was like, "Man, I kind of feel bad because whenever um, I've seen people talk about books, usually the person doing the questions like has read the book." And I'm sitting there like, "Why do I, It's like, "Do I have the book? Where is it?" And I was like, "I don't think I have the physical copy of it." And I think, but then I remembered I, I have books on um, Kindle on Kindle, so that's where I got the book. And I was just thinking back to myself. I was like, "Maybe I should ask you if, if I ordered it online because." I know for a time in 2019 and I think 2020 like a couple of packages and things I ordered they just never showed up like I think I maybe ordered a shirt like this from my buddy Um Vic who has the clothing brand Boshock and it just I was like I don't know if if the uh, male person or somebody just like didn't no, make it. No
2: no no what's happening is that they have the 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 amount of packages that are being delivered has overwhelmed the system mm. the response uh, you know a couple of things one the uh these 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 uh systems uh I mean UPS has gotten terrible mm. uh, I mean all of them are, are bad the only one that has any level of reliability is the U.S. Postal Service to be honest with you wow. I've never known them to uh not do but UPS and uh, Amazon terrible
1: they Getting pretty bad,
2: yeah. Man, I actually had a UPS uh package. I just had, I bought my wife a recumbent bike Mm -hmm. on uh, and um, she um is that one of those indoor bikes? It's one of those bikes where you sit down, she doesn't, oh, okay, okay, she doesn't like spin bikes. Gotcha, you actually sit down for these types of bikes, right? And um, uh, the the driver actually put in a message that said, uh "Receiver refused package. Says he doesn't want anymore." And I never said that. And the right. only reason the only reason why I caught it is because I have a UPS app on my phone, and I oh, called oh, them wow. immediately and just told them, "Listen, I don't want y'all redelivering. Right. I'll go pick up the package. The UPS uh, is right around the corner from me. I'll just pick it up from them. Right. I don't want y'all, you know." I'll just pick it up from them. I don't want your driver coming out because you guys are trash. <laughs> and, and forgive me because that's what I said. I actually told them that. <laughs>
1: no, no. You're you're right. I think that's that's back to that being a hundred percent authentic because I think too many times like people try to be nice and cordial. And it's like there's good reason for that because if you're not nice, you could be overly mean. But sometimes you just gotta tell somebody like, Hey, you messing up. Yeah, big time. So
2: so yeah we i I went and got the bike myself. It was all good, and uh yeah, I, I just think stuff that man, they just they just they haven't done a good job and the customer ser- they don't have the customer service skills, and what I mean by that is i mm-hmm. I always teach people when I'm dealing with them whether I'm dealing with them uh, uh at a restaurant or anything I said I say customer service uh really show you true good customer service is when you can take a mistake and turn it into a, uh, uh, you know, you know, a, 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 a positive, yes, yeah. so that's, that's what, you know, good customer service does, you know, it's everybody makes mistakes. That's what human beings do, right? But it's how you respond to your mistakes is this really probably the most important thing.
1: Mm. Oh, that, that's good. But I found the book on Kindle and I'm going to read it and we're gonna have another follow-up because please, I'm, then please. I'm gonna be like, okay, this Let's is the book. Let's talk about this mind. book. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, Let's right. talk
2: about this book. I right. hey, listen, and when you do, I, I want I might I might even bring the wifey in because okay. she, she <laughs> loves the book. That's yeah,
1: that's you know. amazing. I, I mean like if if nothing else, I feel like that that alone blows my mind because it's um, from hearing you talk about it to where it's like you yourself you wrote the book, so it's a personal project that you're proud of. But now to have somebody that you not only love, but someone that you're married to, you've been married to for a time and that they read the book and they're like, "Okay, I love this. I love something that you created. I think that's Mm -hmm. that's got it. Can you describe what what that's done for you or the feeling of that? Uh, I mean,
2: well, to me, um, it's solidified and given a strong foundation of what I believe I should be doing with the book. Because to me, if you write something, if you're trying to, if you're trying to help people, but you're not helping the people that are, you know, and, uh, I, I go back to Warren Buffett. When they asked Warren Buffett, he was he at this point he had thirty five billion dollars. He was probably the third richest man in the world. They say they asked him to define success, and and you would think he would say, oh, if I if I achieve all my goals, blah blah blah. Not what he said. He said the success to him is when the people that you want to love you really love you. Mm. That hit hard. And the reason why it hit hard is because a lot of people are loved by people but may not be loved by the people that they want to love them. Right. So he feels like if you got the people that you want to love you, love you, then you're doing some things. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that my wife wife is so on fire by the book just gives me a level of um, affirmation that can't be given by words. Mm. You know what I mean? Right.
1: That's big. So are, I, are
2: you... he loves the book.
1: <laughs> so I mean, how long have you guys been doing the um, the meetup courses,
2: classes? Well, yeah, they're actually courses that come through our Bible Institute. I, I have yet to actually move it. I I, I take a, a, a iterative approach. You try to 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 affect uh, and influence the people that are close to you, mm-hmm. and then you just uh, incrementally move that circle out. So uh, you know, the book was available to people I knew and that I would interact with, and they would see the book. Then I would move. I moved out to to my faith community, my church. Mm -hmm. And so the next step for me is to kind of you know move it out to uh, uh, other churches. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So we could be able to do uh, uh, classes with them, Zoom meet them.
1: But, I mean, you, you guys have been doing, I mean, you're doing it now. Through about a year.
2: So we've been about doing it, about, yeah, about a year. Okay. Yeah, I think it might be, it might be over a year because I think yeah. we, you know. I was going to say, you, I was no, gonna was say just, you
1: started like 2019, didn't
2: you? Yeah, I started like 2019. So it was, it was, it was, it was, yeah, we had done a couple of classes in 2019. So it was about two years. Gotcha. Nice. <laughs> and most of 2019 and most of 2020. Uh, 20. Gotcha. So when,
1: when everything kind of shut
2: down, you guys had
1: to move it to, virtual yep and that that shouldn't have been too out of a transition for you because you having an it background and everything
2: right i already had a zoom account and i already had a paid zoom account so i could do everything i need to do
1: awesome um it's funny you mentioned that because i remember trying to do the first recording or two of the podcast and i was like oh i I got this uh message reminder and i was like oh (laughs) there's a time limit on it unless you pay yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately, I was like, you know, I believe in this thing. So I'm going to go ahead and pay. And like you have the option to do it monthly or yearly. And I was like, OK, well, I'm able to pay for a year in advance and get the discount. Just to come. Free with your mind. It. Yeah, just free right. your mind
2: and, and just go. right? Focus.
1: So when I when I when it came time for me to start back up, I was like, oh, OK, I already paid for the year. So just utilize the tools I already have. I don't think I, I need to use the uh, the calendar app, mm-hmm. at least at this time where before. I, would, I could like post the time and let people use it, but I was like, no, right now I'm just gonna reach out to people individually, like I was doing, figure out the times because now I'm working the night shift, so it's just um, Saturday is really the best day or the only day that I can have to record, otherwise, it's trying to sleep during the day and then get up, run an errand, do a recording for an hour or two. And I was like, this especially at the start. I've been two months into the job now and it just, I was doing way too much and I was like, nope, I know what I'm doing wrong. I'm getting back to where I'm trying to pick up one more thing than I should be. And just back again to to Dave's um, morning meetup group, reading the one thing, it's like, what's the one thing I need to be doing to make my days successful? And it was like, I need to rest. Like the work isn't hard to do. Like I don't have an aversion to action. I'm going to do it regardless. I need to be resting more to sleep at least minimum five hours Mm -hmm. and then I can do the rest with my time and then the other thing again um, just back to the books that we read and the influences that were around from the richest not the richest man in Babylon The Greatest Salesman it talks about going to work and keeping work at work and home at home like just keeping those separate to where um, it's just less to think about less to flood you, your you can mind can you
2: type those two books you put in there that, uh, yeah
1: yeah I, I'll text them to you
2: the, the Richest Man in Babylon and the uh, yeah text All right. them to I
1: guess actually that's three because The Richest Man in Babylon I thought about it because that's the first book they started reading this year. They're doing like a book club reading every week or every day, and then having like 15 minutes to discuss at the beginning of the call. But that's a good one. The Greatest Salesman in the World. That's by Ogmandino. But um, I'll send you this. And that one's talking about, um, it's a really neat story of how, no, I, I won't tell you. <laughs> I'll let you discover it.
2: Let me discover it. Yeah, sim- I'll let, let you discover it. Do, do me a favor. Yep. Let's between us, because I want to get back to just, you know, us reconnecting. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's start. The, um, um, I think this is you know, this just came to me as we were talking and I just feel like you're somebody I could definitely do that. Yeah. But as we get books that are meaningful to us, mm-hmm. let's just text each other the books. OK,
1: that works. Make sure, but just between me and you. It's right. A book right. Thing, right. Yeah.
2: And the reason why I say that is one of the things I believe one thousand percent is mm-hmm. true is this thing that they say that most millionaire, billionaires, whomever read on average 50 books uh, a year. Mm, That makes sense. Most people in poverty read one book a year, maybe. Right. So It's
1: funny because at least I know this is the book I'm reading every day. mm -hmm. Dennis Kimbrough.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Dennis Kimbrough, definitely. (laughs) I know he's a person that ascribes to that too.
1: Right. And it's it's funny because uh, a friend gave me this book recently uh, by Russell Brunson.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. uh, uh, Russell Brunson is actually the creator of ClickFunnels. Else. Yep, yep. Yeah, I- so send me all, all of that yep. you just took on me. <laughs> I need you to send all of that to me. Okay. I'm
1: sending it to you. It's funny because <laughs> as I've been kind of decluttering my mind, I'm like, okay, um, I'm decluttering my room and the stuff because I moved back home um, like June, I think, yeah, June of 2019 because i just overwhelmed with stress and work. So I saw myself out of the, the engineering job, moved back home. And it was really one of those things where almost like a crisis mode. Mm. And when we moved, like my mom came up to help me pack and we just packed everything away just put things in the boxes where they could fit so I think now in 2021 months before June um, I'm unpacking a lot of those boxes and just being like okay this is where I put this and like (laughs) it's funny how uh, I'm look unknowingly and knowingly I look out for my future self where it's like I'll organize things and I'll classify and I'll be like hey Asher like I don't leave myself the notes, but essentially it's like the way in which I lay things out. I'm like, this needs to be right here. You'll find this later and it'll be helpful. Like I was telling my younger brother today, I found he's wrapping up. Here it is. He's wrapping up his uh, college semester. So I pulled this book as I was digging through stuff where I think I got it my senior or my junior year. And it was like, how how are you going to guarantee yourself a 4.0? And the main thing that he mentioned was that his organization was off because he thought it was good. And I was like, okay, well, you have everything written down in your calendar that's on your phone because like you put it in your phone that goes everywhere with you. That's in your computer. Everywhere you go, it's there. It's a reminder to you. It's like, no, I just got it with Siri. I was like, well, does Siri have it organized to where you can physically see it? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, nope. So I was like, I just went into this thing and it's real thin, but I was like, well, this is what worked for me and Initially, I didn't think I used the whole thing, but I used enough of it to make a difference. And we just shared that for like 5-15 minutes this morning. I was like, hey, just take the time today and tomorrow, mm-hmm. list out your class schedule at the bare, at the bare minimum. And then from there, we'll go into more details. Like you'll go into the test dates, you'll go into that so that you don't miss it. And then we'll recap. And I was like, we got to recap. But now, again, back to even like the podcasting thing. Even though he needs the help, I need to be checking in with him as like, like a mentor to be like, hey, where is this specific thing? (laughs) Because when it's like, it, sometimes I'll ask too many questions and it's like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa like, like back up, back up. And I was like, okay, I'll back up and I'll just ask you softball questions. But now it's like, you're in crisis mode and you're asking for help. And it's like, you never, you never, and I was like, I was like, I've got receipts. You don't want to tell me I never did anything. Like if I, if I'm pretty sure I did something, I've got it written down. I've got it dated. I've got it bullet point out. So I, I showed him some, some of the things. And I was like, the last time we talked, was maybe February and I was like went through one of my notebooks I was like yep February 2nd oh I think you muted yourself sorry buddy
2: no you're the wife, good the wife, the wife came down I was asking
1: her. hey Mrs. Pete hey how you doing doing great good good trying to get me some coffee
0: even though I've been up <laughs> so,
2: so tell Asher because I'll, I'll get the, the ring tell Asher because uh, he asked me give him your feedback about the book
0: okay the book is. She, she's not gonna
1: get
2: on the camera, cause. She no,
1: doesn't. that's fine. That's fine.
0: Okay, let me see if I look too bad. I might get on the camera, cause I I gotta talk about my
1: husband's book. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm looking on the camera
0: so I can get the, the book. The book will have you walking in your destiny and your purpose, because what it does, it allows you to tap into why. Um, why God created you and what you've been called to do and to actually help you understand that you were con- no one can do what you do. That is God that put that in you and you need to be able to present that to the world. And in mm-hmm. order to do that, you have to go on a journey of discovering yourself and dealing with the, the, um, truths, the unpleasant truths about yourself, the perverted side of yourself. Being true to who you are, knowing that we all have flaws, but then that your what your the adversity that you go through does not define you. That you gotta allow your adversity to um, and use that as a use it as a uh, as a growth mechanism for you. That you've gone through it. That there's a lesson to learn from it, and that when you go through adversity, when you have all these challenges that god is shaping and molding you into what he wants you to be and i like to for me to use the 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 thing of a diamond the diamond doesn't start out as a diamond it starts out as a piece of black coal and the only way that the diamond can become the, the 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 it can become a diamond it has to have heat and pressure put on it. And so the heat and pressure of a life, as you go through that journey, you will have that put on you, which would in turn allow you to become this diamond that God's designed for you to be. Mm-hmm. I, what, yeah, I love,
2: what I love the most about what you just said, which is what we got to write down is you said that adversity is a growth mechanism. Mm hmm. Ooh. I'm gonna throw my shoe at you. <laughs> that right there. I mean, that was a major statement. Right. It is. That is something God allows in your life as a mechanism for your growth. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if you can catch a hold of that, you are in a good place because then now when things happen, you don't look at them as happening to you. Right. But you look at it at at them as happening for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I was, I, right. Was into, uh, I was listening to I was listening to TDJ's. This his new book out about don't drop the mic. And and oh, God, God does that with me. He always gives me stuff to add to the stuff that is in line with your book. So he was talking and he was like, greatness is never on sale. Greatness costs. He said, when you want a Rolls Royce, they They're selling them for
2: two for one. He might he might have robbed that from <laughs> I, I, I,
0: I, 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 no, 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 it's all good.
2: It's all good. I ain't it, but I'm just telling you, that's one of the Eric Thomas' oh, signatures. Well, I, yeah.
0: Well, and he was saying that you have to, he said, anything that you want out of life, you have to put the work in. What's wrong with society is they don't want to put the work in, yeah. they don't want to go through the trials and the tribulations. Of getting where you need to get, he said. If anybody been in a marriage for fifty years and say they've been happy, they' lying. That ain't the truth. The truth ain't in you. No one goes through a marriage for fifty years and everybody happy. And we can attest to that.
2: Well, well, let's let's let, let's think about the wording there. <laughs> So it might be happy right now. Yeah, nobody goes through 50 years or 30 years of marriage and always happy. Yeah, that's right. right.
0: That's what he said. Always happy. And so so, like I said, with with the with the diamond that that, that thing resonates with me because I talk on I research about a diamond and what it does. And 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 that's how that's that's what that's why I love Pete Book because every time I reteach this class. I get something different in it from the people that's in it. Cause so we have to deal with all our indio secrecies, the fear, the, um, um, you know, uh, unpleasant truths about ourselves. We have to do with, um, deal with, uh, childhood issues. You got all this stuff, but if you can get past that and just be on this journey to, to understand that God, no one can do what God. God created you to do. And when you don't tap into that and live in a false reality, you can't reach the people that God has called you to reach because there's a a, a, a plethora, is that a word? Yep. Uh, uh, um, there's a, a whole bunch of folks. No, you
2: had a good word. She, she, uh, 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 um, a
0: whole bunch of folks that God wants you to touch.
2: Plethora work, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. You so, yeah,
0: so that's why that discovery. And you got to be able, when you when you read people, look, you got to be able to want to go on the journey. It ain't a book that you read. And then you get this great big revelation because it's gonna be some things in there that you never thought about yourself that you have to deal with. Like Uh one of the ladies in the class, it was so funny. Two ladies said, when P said to perverted you, she was like, how did she say (laughs) I was perverted you? What do you mean to perverted you? And she said, she went and looked up the word perverted and she was like, oh, I am. And so she looked at it. She was like, "And all of us have a perverted side to us when we're not dealing in the true, yep. the, the true person of you." And like I said, it's a journey. So it's it's a book that you can read, but it's a book that you're gonna have to keep going back to, mm. keep going back to, because until we we never become. There's a spectrum that he talked about when you're true. On a scale from one to ten, how true are you to yourself? And you have to look true to being the true you, and you never will attain a ten until you are always striving. Yeah. When you start to think the, the, that you the ever,
2: Bible, the Bible says uh, it you, says, but now we see dimly, but then we'll see him just as he is. Right, you won't really be able to see the 10 in you, you until you're right in front of God, right? right. right. So the,
0: the minute that you think you are 10. That's the minute that, that you're not dealing with truth mm. because you are and you constantly evolve. Right. And so it's a journey. And, the, the, and discovering that your gift is it's OK if you don't know your gift. Mm. It's, it's not about running to the finish line. It's right. about being on this quest to find that find out what God purposed you to do. And no one can do what you do. Yeah. God created you. You have to understand that you the gift. Right. A lot of people don't understand that they are the gift.
1: Right. You
0: and get that revelation that you're the gift, mm-hmm. and everything gonna be all right.
1: I love it. Thank you. <laughs> it's funny when when she just said it, and I I was I was able to read um the um the message behind you because you were co- you're covering part of it, but yeah. when she said no, uh. you are a gift and unleash the hero within because it's like whenever I, I I'd hear you say it, I always hear um I always hear people reference to the gift as like something you have like the talent story, and it's mm-hmm. like okay, you've got this thing in you, and you've got to figure out what it is. You got to you figure out how to use it, where to use it, that type of thing. But knowing that you yourself are the gift, mm-hmm. like that that kind of opened my mind in a different way and kind of helped me. I was like, huh, hmm, okay. there. There's a lot there's a lot to unpack there. And and like your wife was just saying, it's a journey. It's not a just you just hit the lottery. You just boom, I got it. That's it. I'm set for life. And that's kind of something I thought last year. It's like, okay, And even back to 2019, it's like you grow up, go through your teenage years. You go to college, you graduate, you get a good job. You pay off your debts. It feels like, hey, I made it like that's what everybody talked about. That's the thing. Oh, you got to make six figures. Oh, okay, Like you work 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 your butt off and like oh wow that's six figures okay cool like oh look um save six figures and then you you do it but like if that's all you see and and you don't see a personal like Miles Monroe I think was saying it's like you got to have you got to find your work and a work isn't the same as a job because you can get fired from a job or you can leave a job or do whatever with the job. But your work is something that you have to have as like your life mission. And I think that goes along with what you're saying. You are the gift mm-hmm. and you have to go within to unleash it. And yeah. that, that that was powerful. Like you said, I, I hear the passion in in her speaking on the book. Right. And as, as she was talking about it, I was like, oh, my bad. Go ahead. No, no. Go
2: ahead. You go ahead. I'm going to come I back. I was going to
1: say, it's funny. We we're sitting here talking about books and I just had to go and grab these. I was like, does yours have a workbook with it? It does, but
2: we need a workbook like that, right? Because right, s- we've kind of done a, a we've kind of done a uh a, uh a, a, a kind of a Jerry rigged yeah. workbook, but not not yeah, really yeah. like so uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you see you don't have to get in front of the camera, baby. Can you pull up the stuff you were showing? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So this one, this book, I think I heard about this through one of the Breathe You groups on uh the Chameleon call, which is like the S type mm-hmm. personality when we talk about the disc, and it talks about setting boundaries. So Boundaries is the book. It was written by, I think, two doctors, Dr. Cloud and Townsend, and then they made a workbook to go with it because oh, yeah. as you're reading we, it. We need to order
2: both those so we can both read it yeah. and also see the formatting for mm-hmm. the workbook.
0: And, and could, I was going to tell him something else, too, that was uh,
1: because it, it has that for the individual, it has it for marriage and um, a couple other things. But I think it makes sense. Oh, and you're
2: oh, so, so they have boundary workbooks, yeah, different ones for yep. different things. Yep. Oh, so yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a
1: game changer for you guys because you've already put a year into classes in person right. and virtual, and you know what works, what doesn't work, the different things like that. And once you see the format, you'll just be like, oh, okay, it's a perfect match, and what better way? to be able to share it, whether it's like click funnels or anything like that, Mm -hmm. to share it with people because it's like you not only have like the physical book, you have testimonials, you have um, sessions and things like that if you decided to record anything. Or even if you haven't, you still can because you still have the people that you meet. And it's Mm -hmm. not back to what we said at the beginning. It's not about just like um, sowing the seeds and watching them grow. It's like, no, you you sow the seeds and then you've got to be vigilant about keeping the bad things away, keeping the weeds out of your garden and things like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Back, yeah. back yeah. to Jim.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you to, yeah, you to, have to tend the garden. Right,
1: right. But you can't sit there and just stare and be like, OK, grow, grow now.
0: So we were taught to um, you said you got the six figures, you you done all that, you got mm-hmm. the education but there's still something missing.
1: Right. Um,
0: and in Pete's book, he talks about that. There's a um, a section in his book that he talked about that it was a study done, all these folks that went to all these fabulous uh, A schools, TED talk, yeah. A TED talk, mm-hmm. did, did extremely well, were very powerful people, but because they weren't in there, purpose, they still something was missing, they didn't know what it was. They were very successful according to the world. Financially
2: standard. successful. Financially You know, everything. graduated from Princeton, Harvard, Yale, all that. When, yeah. when, 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 when people external to them look at their lives, they say, Oh, you're successful. You have the money, you have prestige, you mm-hmm. have acclaim. Mm-hmm. But they did not have fulfillment. Yes. And
0: so I mean, I use I use uh I, I love using Steve Jobs. I was like, this dude changed the world. But at the end of the day, he realized that all the money he had, everything he did, it didn't, he t- I, for me reading his story, he dropped a lot of dead bodies along the way to become who he is. And at the end of the day, he realized that he did something wrong, that at the end of his life, he just was not where he needed to be. And it was sad when I read his story, how this man changed the world. We're talking about him and he'd been dead for a long time. They'll talk about him forever. Mm-hmm. But he realized that there was still something missing that he missed and the people that he affected and what he said to them and did to them
2: along the way to get to that path. Mm-hmm. That thing blows my. It, mind. It's 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 a it's an interesting dialogue and great for discussion. Uh, because about what my wife just said, because there's no question that Steve Jobs had had an impact on the world. But but what we need to ask ourselves is is does impact require fulfillment? Are they are they tied together? Right. That's a good question. Uh, uh, because he clearly was, he clearly had impact. Uh, but, but, but he did. Uh, but, but I'm still not sure if he fulfilled. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, I'm listening. He, I mean, because I mean, the reality is like the example in the in that I use. Hitler <clears throat> changed the world, but he definitely didn't fulfill his purpose.
0: Yeah, and then you look at somebody like Chadwick. Chadwick fulfilled his purpose, that guy, the actor that died. Mm-hmm. He fulfilled his purpose, period. Even when he was dying, he fulfilled his pur- his purpose. Mm-hmm. And I listened to how his family talked about him and how he was able to keep the character of who he was being in Hollywood. He wouldn't take nothing that would de- diminish what his purpose was that would put him or his people in a negative light. I'm not taking that role. That role. Why you always gotta have us as a drug dealer or doing this or that? And he why? lost. He lost work
2: because, because of it. Because
0: that. But guess what? At the end of the day, that man was only on this earth 43 years, and he fulfilled his purpose with passion.
2: Hey, Amen. you might have to uh, do a, a podcast with my <laughs> wife. I
1: will. <laughs> I will. Uh, it's funny she's because she's
2: coming out. She's coming out with uh, 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 a devotional.
1: Okay. It's funny because we were talking about getting her on the podcast earlier and it's 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 just it's always amazing how things just kind of work out because it's I work it's, out. It's, it's like when you don't when
2: you don't try to control it, you just let go of the thing. Exactly. You know?
1: It's um <laughs> man i i had to write that one down earlier where you said does impact require fulfillment is that how you said it yeah
2: yeah it's it's just it's, it's, it's not it's not a statement as much as it's a question for discussion right 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 like like, like that's something people need to talk about yeah I mean, and because you know um you know i often wonder with my wife uh not my wife my mom uh if she because okay so Fulfilling your purpose and having impact. You, you, if you, if you, if you feel you, you can, you know. So, 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 if you impact, if you, if you want to have divine impact, I think you need to fulfill that's your the, purpose. That's
0: the word, right?
2: Right, divine yeah.
0: impact because. Chadwick had divine impact. Right.
2: Because had. Hitler had impact, but right. not divine. But well,
0: it wasn't divine. Right. So, and it goes that he,
1: he could have fulfilled his purpose if that's the goal that he set out to, to, mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I do a lot of study on, on Hitler, mm-hmm. and uh it's interesting. Uh, he just kind of he fell into perversion as he lived his life, mm-hmm. like it became it evolved into like anti-Semitism wasn't yeah. necessarily at the forefront. Well, listen to this, was not at the forefront of really what he was trying to do initially, but it was mm-hmm. what he had been brought up under. He was he was right for that kind of evil because of right. how he was uh, 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 raised up by other people that he looked up to. God
0: just gave me one, okay. So, like, give an example. Um, With Queen Elizabeth, uh, she had her son Charles marry Princess Diana. Based on he, she forced her son to marry that young 18-year-old girl, knowing that he was in love with another woman. And because of the lineage, the lineage, and their their inheritance, you went and really Princess Diana impacted the world. Y'all didn't know that she was gonna impact the world the way she did. But you had him marry that woman, knowing that you didn't love her and all the stress that it caused her with her insecurities and, and, you know, when they broke up and how he treated her. And she always said it was three people in their marriage. And at the end of the day, because of the family and all the stuff that he was brought up with, that was brought into play. And when you talk about that um, growing up, it was saying, go to college, make this money, do this and that, and now you're like, what? And so in discovering your gift, you have to let go of all the the stuff that's maybe not so positive into you finding out who you are and walk into right. what you want mm-hmm. to walk mm-hmm. into. Does that make sense? Right.
1: Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. And and I guess even for anyone listening, I I, I would say. I didn't say the things because I feel like sometimes when people talk down on their past experience, it's like you're downplaying what happened for you. And it's like, by no means do I want to downplay going to college, getting a job, saving up money, making money, because all those things were great. And I'm actually I'm very grateful for that because I know going to college, like I transferred into a bigger school. And a lot of times I don't say the school just because I don't want like the the clout that comes with it per se. But I, I don't downplay, I understand the, the standard that it holds, but I remember the first school I went to, and i always be grateful for it, and I, I'd say I would do it the exact same way because first college class, English class that I took um, with Dr. Abmedvar, and I'm going to reach out to him and try to get him on the podcast, was that he taught us English from scratch in the way that it should be taught, at least at a college level or just on a basic level where he taught us writing properly as well as how to have discussion. And one thing that he said that always sticks with me till now is that when you're having a discussion, the point isn't to win. Like like you said with the statement, does impact or does divine impact require fulfillment? It's not, no, here's I, the right I, answer.
2: No, what I was saying is does impact uh, right. require fulfillment? Uh, right, right. Yeah, I'm saying divine impact does. Right, okay. Right, right yeah. Gotcha,
1: right. Thank you for correcting me not to mince your words, but asking a question like, does impact require fulfillment? It's a great question for discussion because then it's like everybody's got a different opinion on it, or at least it it might bring all kinds of things. And having that discussion isn't to say, okay, here's the thing. But just from us talking about it briefly, you made another statement where it's divine impact does well no
2: Fulfill fulfillment of your purpose uh, uh divine impact requires fulfillment of your purpose in other words mm. you can't have divine impact unless you're fulfilling the purpose right which is divine yeah. the divine created you to be like right. your existence your existence um uh is is you exist to fulfill to, to you exist to create define uh Im, divine impact, right? Gotcha. God God creates you, God created Asher to have a specific type of impact mm-hmm. in the world, right? right like right. so let me give you an example of how God just so I'm getting into painting, mm-hmm. and one of the core things that you have to learn how to do is how to mix paint. Mm. Uh, now I'm gonna bless you with this one. Uh, so, so why is why is um, why is um, mixing paint and the skill of mixing paint important? Because okay, because um, your ability to mix paint and get the right color and hue. Will directly impact your ability to be able to 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 paint the picture with the most vivid representation of what you want. In other right. words, if I use that from a divine analogy, uh, each of us is a mixture of the paints that God wants to put on the palette of, 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 of life in the world. Mm. And you have to reflect the color that, that the painter intended. Right? Mm, right? Right. Because if you don't, when you get put in there, when you get put on a canvas, you distort the picture.
0: Mm, right.
2: That's what a distorted person does. A perverted person distorts the whole tapestry and fabric of humanity. How do and we know this to be the case? Right. Because Hitler is a perversion of what God intended, and he literally distorted the world
1: mm, that that's what i was going to ask you i was going to say can you when you say perversion or perverted can you describe that or d- define that yeah.
2: yeah so okay so um. Um. If we look at what the literal words, uh, 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 I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what we do in class with this right. one. Uh, talk about uh, uh, because because we had we had some people that really were struggling with the word perversion. Right. Because right, so I about.
1: guess by default, it's like whenever I hear perversion or whenever I think perversion, you thinking I'm thinking of um, uh, the creep next door or somebody hiding in the bushes. Right. You right, right. 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 <laughs> yeah, like but, that but,
2: but let's use a. Let's look at it. so this is what the word the, the word says the word says there's two right mm-hmm. uh the first one though is the alteration of something from its original course, meaning, or state to a distortion or corruption of what was first. Intended, right? Mm. So perversion is when something is twisted or mm. taken out of what the intent was for it, right? Right. And so when you are perverted, what that looks like is if you were intended to be this, and you end up being that, right? Right. 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 Like it's 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 a. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, but but perversion in the sense of what we're talking about in the book. Is is uh, that God had God? The, uh, you know, we talk about Jeremiah one five. Mm-hmm. So it says, uh, you know, before you afform- were well, uh, before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. You know, I sanctified you. I made you to be a prophet to the nations. So in this in this particular scripture, uh, God is talking to Jeremiah. But what what it lets us know is that God intended, uh, had an intention for all of us, even before we were physically formed. That there's an essence of who we are that is pure and divine. Right. Right. That part of us that God created before we were ever physically uh, manifested is is a part of the divine aspect of God that's in us, right. right? And what what can occur is when that that essence can be can go from the purity of what it was before we were born. Watch, because the Bible says that we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. It is the process of being born, the process of going through our physicality and 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 this. And being temporal in nature that mm-hmm. can corrupt us, mm-hmm. right? And that's why if you go through the scripture, it's always talking about the incorruptible, the incorruptible. Yeah. So, so so the objective is that the purity of what that was in Jeremiah 1.5 is that we fight to maintain the purity of what that is throughout our lives, right? And, and, and oftentimes, you know, it's, it's the, the plan for 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 that to be restored. As much as it can be, is is in the person of Jesus Christ. It's in the person of what He did on the on the cross. It's in the person of that transformational power that resurrected Him um, uh, uh, from the dead. So we believe that the same power that did did can restore us to what we were before, right? right? Right. So, but any but outside of that, it is inevitable we're going to move along that youth spectrum to perversion because that's what mm-hmm. the world does. That's right. what people do. People mistreat you. People talk crazy to you. People do. You know, sometimes you get you you get you you know lightning in a bottle, and you 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 know you you have a mom and a dad that nurture you and you love you unconditionally and do all these other things. But most of us, that's not what we have. We're disappointed by somebody. It could be our parents. It could be our siblings. It could be the people we're in relationship with. It could be the people we work with. It, it could be it could just be you know it could be random people right. are gonna do something right, and our job is to not allow it. To 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 move us away from that that the beauty of that divine aspect of who we were. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. So so that so so my my contribution to trying to help people not be uh uh to to move in the direction of the perversion is what I've done with the book to just just to make into everyone self aware. Of the fact that we are on this this spectrum. Right. And that we have a responsibility to try to be true to ourselves, to be honest with ourselves, and to have a relationship with God. Right. If we do those two things, it yeah. will help yeah. ensure that we don't slip into a, a place. Like if you look, I, I did, I'm telling you, I did a study of, of, of Hitler. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know human beings, human beings don't naturally follow monsters. Right. And we don't do that. What happens is, is that people, we, we, we get attached to people, not when they are the full grown monster, but when they are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody, everybody thinks that baby lions are cute. <laughs> <laughs> everybody like, you know, cubs. Right, you know, know, but uh, you know, I use the story of the woman who who had a lion cub, uh, and the lion, the lion, she raised it from a cub all the way up for 15 years. The the lion (laughs) lived with her, and one day the lion jumped on her and ate her.
1: He realized he was a lion.
2: Yeah, you you get what I'm saying. So, (laughs) you know, hey. What's the moral of that story? The moral of that story is, you know, you 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 know, people are gonna be true to who they are. You need to be making sure you know who they are before sure, you start, you know, getting in that that type of closeness in relationship. So yeah. that's why most people, most people, you know, when if you if you study Hitler, yeah, Hitler was deified in Germany. They literally, uh, uh, Joseph Goebbels, listen, listen, Hitler. That's why I tell people, you know, about perversion and how 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 it is. Mm-hmm. Listen, Joseph Goebbels, when Hitler, they was in the bunker with Hitler, mm-hmm. when Hitler killed himself, Joseph Goebbels' wife killed her children and then killed herself and her husband killed himself. I don't know what the order was. Yeah, but they the whole family killed themselves, and and what she said was is she couldn't live in a world without national social national socialism, which is a, another word for Nazis, right? Nazism, and so it just lets you know, you know, how people are. You know, I, let me tell you what the biggest problem I have with 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 Donald Trump and the direction that conservatism is moving in in mm-hmm. the Republican Party is not whether you know we have a difference of opinion; it is the belief. That they think that the direction they're going can't end up in another Nazi Germany. Right. The fact that you believe it lets me know that you, you, you. I don't know what y'all are believing. Right. But it's twisted. Like if you want to see a modern day version of perversion, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's now. Like a lot of people don't believe that Christianity can be perverted. That's a mm-hmm. lot.
1: It's it's been very perverted.
2: It, yeah. Exactly. The uh, it's the perversion of Christianity that was allowed it to be used mm-hmm. uh, for the colonization and brutality of <laughs> in Africa, you understand what I'm saying? Right. Uh, 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 under the pretense of, uh, you know, you're saying under the pretense of you bringing, uh, quote unquote, savages mm-hmm. into, you know, a civilized, Christian, Christianized world, which is better for them. Right. They didn't ask for that. I think Africa was fine without Europe. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were doing pretty good without Europe. It's not like, you know, they weren't doing well. Yeah. So, so don't, don't, you know, just because you think they need to be more, uh, uh, what's the word, Word, uh, uh, Civilized like, or no, you you, I don't know what's the word I want to use. European, uh, oh, it's like made
1: it? made to be like Europeans,
2: yeah, yeah, that's a word for it, but I just can't uh uh get it out of my head. But um, yeah, the, it, it just um, man, sometimes I lose train of thought when I start thinking about Europe, Africa. I start, <laughs>
1: Me too. I, well, I mean, I can't
2: it, prevent myself from getting into a dark space, so I'm just gonna veer away from that. But gotcha. you know the point, that I'm right?
1: Trying to- right, I get what you're saying. It, it's and it's funny because when your wife had brought up uh Chag Boseman, I know, um, when the movie came out, was it the Black uh, Panther like movie Was it 2016 or 20... I feel like it was mm-hmm. 2017 yeah. or 2018. Yeah, but we, when it came out, I know, um, we talked briefly saying that we wanted to to discuss it. And I was like, man, I really want to discuss it. And I feel like We could even talk about it now just because like to speak to as your wife was saying him fulfilling his purpose or him um being who he was supposed to be in a divine manner right him the work that he did in that even i think when i think about it i'm like he's he played a stronger character in his introduction in captain america the winter soldier Mm -hmm. and then when it showed up in his movie he was more like a background character everyone else was able to shine a bit more but it's like From those two movies, I feel like that, hey, that made a huge impact when you talk about like the social impact, the economic impact for Disney and company. Or you talk about like, I think what um, I wasn't sure in which way you wanted to discuss it, but I saw so many things in that movie and I've gone and I think I've tried to watch it back at least one or two times and Mm -hmm. just seeing like the technological advancement that they talk about, but not only that, but you have the whole background to the story of how the whole conflict came to be. And I think Quest had highlighted it before where it's like a big conflict came out of a lie, which was something done in the dark. It's like a lie that was committed and hidden away. Nobody was told about it. And then lo and behold, it comes back to the forefront and Mm -hmm. everyone has to deal with it.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. 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 If you're watching the Marvel Universe, you'll see uh, there's a battleground for the narrative uh, that we have to i feel like in our cultures whether mm-hmm. it's people of uh who who are who who are you know descendants of slaves in america or people who are 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 you know uh you know from like yourself who are from from africa right. uh, i don't know if we are fighting in a collective way to ensure that the narrative uh is 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 not conscientiously i'm not, i mean we do it in, in uh, from an individualized perspective but i'm not sure mm-hmm. what we're doing collectively to make sure that narrative is corrected. Mm, what do you right? mean? Like, do you okay, mean? so what I mean by that is like the narrative that's 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 out here. Like it, it's moving there. Things with BLM and all these other things mm-hmm. are happening, but the narrative is is so crazy. Like I was watching a, a story in there, and you know how you know how Europeans uh, will 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 act like uh, uh, Egypt's history is all um, um all European or Phoenician. Yeah, my history teacher actually told. That 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 that, uh, that uh, uh, the Egyptians weren't 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 people of color. They were Phoenician, and, and there mm-hmm. was the Ptolemaic dynasty. Cleopatra was white, so right. she just was because that was a derivative of the Ptolemaic dynasty. As yeah. a result of the Alexandrian uh, con- Alexander's conquest of Egypt, so I, I, I get that. But yeah. to say that that the that Egypt itself was a, a a a European a European or Middle Eastern only country yeah. is ridiculous. And this is how you know it because most of us, from a DNA perspective, yeah, uh, uh, have DNA from Ramses III. Mm-hmm. Most of us,
1: right? Oh wow!
2: Did you know that?
1: No, I didn't know that.
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you there's a haplo haplight uh uh i have it in mind
1: okay oh did so, you do you did like the, uh, the SS- me. twenty yeah, okay
2: me. so there's a there's a particular uh i'm, I'm gonna show it to you gotcha though.
1: yeah if, if you want to share the screen or anything like that yeah yeah I'm, I'm
2: gonna share it i'm just gonna pull okay. it up real quick uh,
1: but it's funny as you got to talking about a little bit of history. I was like, man, you must have been talking to Sunny D recently. I know you guys are always, always keeping up.
2: Mm-hmm. Right here, I'm gonna show it to you. Okay. And then we'll. Oh no, I uh, you disabled uh, participants, sure. So wait,
1: I did this earlier. I was trying to figure out with my younger okay, brother. Okay, now I can do it. Now I can okay. do
2: it. This was able to do it. Got
1: it. Okay. But I, I was saying earlier, um, it. I could hear almost Sunny D in your voice for a second when you were talking about history. Okay, because- so
2: you see Ram, these these are the DNA tested uh, mummies, right? Ramses the mm-hmm. Third. We're talking about this was like in 1000 BC or something like that. Right. Sometime like 1100 BC mm-hmm. was when he lived. This haplight group right here. This is the the the. The uh this this is his, this is from him. Mm-hmm. This is from Ramses the third, right? Right? This is his haplite group. This is from the DNA that was tested, right? Okay. If you look on here, is, is this this is a Y chromosome haplite group. In other words, this is a branch of his DNA, right? Okay, okay. that makes sense. And and, and and most other people in this group are people of sub sub-Saharan uh ancestry. Right. Which one I'm yeah. And so this is in my haplite group. This this, this is a part of my DNA. So I have, oh, okay. a, I have a, a DNA connection to Ramses the gotcha. third, right? but most West African people do right. Men, right. Not, not anybody else men. Okay. So what that lets us know, right. What mm-hmm. That lets us know is that there is a connection between, between Ramsey's the third and most, most men of color. Right. Men, so, or- so, and then we also know that if you look at the mummy of Ramses the Third's son, mm-hmm. his hair is woolly. Mm. That's true right so we know that that we have egyptian royalty that had hair like us right but the narrative that's being taught mm-hmm. is that that's not the case right and, and we don't sufficiently research find out and battle and teach our kids otherwise that's the
1: right point i get point what I you're saying right yeah you want me to stop sharing
2: yeah no you i, I think i'm sharing
1: Okay. Well, yeah. man, d- did you want me to stop sharing your screen so we could go back to yeah, the yeah yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. We're good, we're good. But I was going to say to your point about the narrative is that you always, you never hear Egypt referenced as like, oh, it's just part of Africa. Because when people right. talk about Africa, just the sense that they say Africa, it's always like this massive thing, which it is, but it's a continent. You never hear anyone say, well, you hear people say Europe, but they'll speak specifically to the country in which they're talking about. And and it's like i saw something recently that um theo our, our buddy theo he mm-hmm. put up it was sharing an african proverb but this time it said a ghanaian proverb because ghana i think it's either ghana or guinea is a country in africa so it's like i appreciated the fact that they highlighted okay this is this proverb it comes from this region so that when people think about the country it's not just a wasteland a desolate yes there are people struggling in different parts of it there are people struggling in America. You can go outside today and you'll see a homeless person. Go to
2: Appalachia. (laughs) Right.
1: It's a different kind of struggle, but it's like there will always be extremes, like an extremely poor person and an extremely rich person. Like, I think too many people have this idea of a utopia that's just like, Mm -hmm. okay, like once we get there, that's it. Like, and where we see being in a first world country as we classify it, yeah, there are places where, yeah, we've made it. But when we quote unquote made it, we have all our basic needs made. Met, to where you don't have to struggle about where your next meal is coming from and things like that. We kind of a lot of a lot of times it's like it's easy to move away from. And I'm I'm being cautious not to word use the word we just to put people under an umbrella because I don't like when people just say oh everybody or society. It's like no, speak for right. yourself and judge yourself. Don't be judging everybody else, or else you'll have judgment placed upon you in the same way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and just to that, it's like when you get the things when I get the things that I need as the necessities, it's mm-hmm. I've, I tend to pay a little less attention to how I got there. And like we were saying at the beginning with the podcast, like maintaining that that consistency, maintaining that schedule to where it's like you bring a certain sense of energy to the world by mm-hmm. doing what you need, to, by being in your purpose, by fulfilling your gift that is within and not just looking at, okay, what impact am I making? Like it's, yes, it's good to measure it. But if you start measuring measuring, if I start measuring by losing sight of what I'm doing Mm -hmm. to gain that measurement, then it's like, I'll start to manufacture problems or problems just seem to pop out of nowhere where it's like, OK, this isn't this isn't the end of the world. Like, for instance. Um,
2: hey, Ashley, give, give me yeah. now. Keep talking. OK, but I'm just going to let you know that I'm going to uh, I'm still here. I just got to right. go do something real quick. But OK, keep talking. Right. 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 So
1: so I was just going to say this and I'll, I'll classify it as I'm not saying this to win an award or anything. But um, what I saw that was more disturbing than anything last year when it started with even having the Corona event or the pandemic as we've seen it play out, it's that there was so much prompting for, okay, 2020 is going to be everyone's year, 2020 vision, all the great things. And I mean, New Year brings all different kinds of um, goals that people set out. But very soon you have a disease or something on the horizon. Everybody's already doomsday planned. The media especially is just like over and over just beating you over the head with like, this is coming out of here. This is It's it's one thing to inform people, but I think it's another thing to just prepare people for doom and gloom. And I can count to so many times when we were just like, okay, well, this is gonna be like, what was it? If it's not Ebola, if it's not the swine flu, if it's not SARS, if it's not a mass shooting, if it's not this, it's like, it's always something. And every time you tune in to just, oh, what's the latest news? Like you're going to get, you're going to get what what's presented to you and you're going to get, you're just going to get what's out there if you're not conscious about what you're doing, where you're supposed to be, if you're fulfilling your gift, if you're fulfilling that thing that you've been called to do. And for me, it became very evident where I decided to sidestep the podcast. And I was like, ah, I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like going out every morning and walking. But the reason I didn't feel like doing it anymore is because I got caught up watching watching everyone else. I kept watching, okay, what impact is this having? I started aligning myself with other people's goals and I got distracted from my goal that I set out and I just got caught up in the moment and staying caught up, I started to tap into sources like news sources and different things like that. I wouldn't normally tap into and sometimes I guess I got the comedy aspect out of it, but at the same time, there was much loss, but now it's not so much a loss. There there are a lot of lessons learned along the way where it was just okay this is what happens when you don't tune in this is what happens when you don't keep up with what you should keep up with when you don't maintain your bank account you can quickly slip into debt but thankfully <laughs> um, having things and systems set in place the systems they'll work to the best of their ability and then when you get yourself back like i'm back now you can kind of pick up right where you left off or reassess where you got off track and then get back on the horse so I forget where I was going with that, but I think I was just saying, as we were talking about understanding what perversion means.
2: There was a point that you said I want to highlight. Okay. You said said when you start becoming aligned, you start so focused on other people's goals that you lose sight of your own goals. Right. That was a big deal. Gotcha. Right. Your your camera
1: isn't back on. I didn't know if you were back. No, no,
2: no, no. I'm still, I'm kind of. Okay. I, I gotta, you know, I'm a diabetic, so I gotta kind of make sure I eat and eat. Okay, I got you. We you know, we had been on for a minute and I didn't eat earlier. Oh, right, so, right, right. Yeah, that's the reason why. So yeah, so I, I'm still here, but I just wanted to comment on that one. Okay, part.
1: you're good, you're good. I was just I was just double checking because I know I know there's uh there's one uh podcast I recorded, I think it was like episode number 18 with Steven tots. And he was talking, we were talking for about an hour and I realized he wasn't on camera, but I know some people want to be on camera, other people don't. And then like towards the end of the episode, we we're like, I was like, oh, I can't see what you're saying. He's like, oh, I thought I was on the whole time. And it was so funny. But when he, he got on camera, he told this story of, um, he told me like a quick story about Kobe Bryant. And I think we recorded this late 2019. And lo and behold, like that first, no, I think it was the third week of January, that's when I. I put out his episode and I used like the little um, teaser trailer to be like okay this is something relevant not only to this week to this episode but it's relevant to a recent event and I didn't plan any of that but I was like oh wow <laughs> that's weird how that worked out but um, yeah to what to what you're saying we'll definitely come back to that um, no rush I um, I can wait I have help with editing now so we can always um, edit and come back. All right. I can even pause the recording for a second.
2: Okay. Let me know when, you, when, yep, you, when you you're good, You're good. Is there a pressure when you uh, are from an African family mm-hmm. to do certain things? Like, because you were saying about sometimes they say something about the kind of job you have. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, for
1: sure. There, there's 100% pressure because, um, I heard Tobe Nwigwe talk about this and it's like I could echo the same sentiment because the way I've kind of seen it or the way I resonate with it is that you're coming from when we talk about Africa in general or a lot of Africans that I know, mainly Nigerian and Cameroonian. So that's like West Central Africa right there on the curve. Right. Um, when you talk about pressure coming from Africa, coming from a third world country, I think it's there. And a lot of time parents will place it on their children children because they were the first generation to say hey we made it here to this country the land of opportunity and for my dad it's like he came I think to the states in 92 um, I finally had a chance to like sit down and record a little bit with him as we were driving and he kind of talked about it a little bit where I think he came to the United States in 1992 and from then till 97 he was doing seminary school And in 97, that's when we came. And that's like a miracle story in itself, where you have a wife and five kids come over on a visa within a period of month to a week and not only that they come over and you already have a house that that's able to have them all house them all i think it was like a four-bedroom house or five-bedroom house and we each had our rooms i think i shared a room with my older brother um my sisters i think two of my three sisters shared a room my parents had their room so maybe that's three or four rooms either anyways but like there's that pressure where you come to this place you come from a place one where you didn't have something and then two, once you get here, it's like you have to take advantage of the opportunity. Otherwise, if you go back, you can't go back with nothing. Like you came here, it's almost like you won a lottery ticket. Some people win the lottery, but I don't think, I don't think in our story we did. If that's different, I'll I'll find out later on. But at least the way the story's told to me, we came here. So the main way that people see as a way out of impoverished countries is that education is the way out. So, so long as you're able to go to school, get an education, get a good job, you're in a much better position than where your parents are and where your family back home is. So in being able to do that, now you can contribute and then bring your family up to the level that you're at. And you see it a lot with like, at least in in the South, Southeast and Georgia, probably out West to You see it a lot with the Hispanic community where people are always complaining about Hispanics, but like I grew up with Hispanics and I respect them because they have that strong worth that ethic and they're willing to do the job. Always the thing with immigrants is like, we're willing to do the jobs that nobody else will do because it's a step up. Like, you know,
2: experience at, in the country. you're at? Right. right. And it's
1: like, you know, once you do this job, as small as it might be, you're making small money, but you send that back home and that brings you up an, a level. And it's like, if the folks back home can see that you're helping them, like they're appreciative of that. Like some are, some aren't. So it's like, the stories are, are different, but to answer your question, there's there is definitely a pressure there and also, the, the system in which we kind of learn is much harder. Like the school system is based on the French system. And like the way people are treated there, it's like everything is pass fail, more or less. Like you have to make like the highest grade, but the more educated people are seen as like the wealthy, the rich, the well off. As to where here, when you read a book like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's like the people that are educated that have the school learning, those are really the poor. Like you might, a lot of people might feel bad for like someone that's homeless someone that doesn't have shoes, that doesn't have this. But it's like you're extremely poor if you have all this information in your head and you're not able to know that you don't know enough. Like you can't learn every single thing under the sun. But so many people that are educated and I'm speaking for myself personally, because this is something I had to realize and accept in order to get out of my own way. Just about everyone that I've met that's educated is extremely arrogant and extremely prideful. And that's something that's a blind spot because it's like you do, you work so hard to get this information and to get the knowledge. But mm-hmm. then you become very spiteful and very angry and vengeful towards the rich, the person that has the mo- the monetary money to buy the things that you would like to buy. A lot of times, like I've heard it in the house where it's like, oh, well, the rich, I've never met someone that was richer and happier. I've ne- never met someone that's this or money isn't everything. It's like true. Money isn't everything. And if you've only met rich people that are sad and unhappy and bitter and unfulfilled, I'm thinking you're meeting the wrong. Rich people. Every single rich person isn't the same, just like every single human being isn't the same. So, I guess not to go off on a tangent, but I don't like when people just categorize people in groups, whether it's by race or by education or by stature of where you went and what you did. Because then that kind of dismisses the individual aspect or the individual responsibility that each person has to their themselves to say, this is what I need to get up and do every day. And I'm going to do it. And then the results will speak for themselves. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. I'm with you. I, I think we're coming up on <laughs> two hours, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we, we should probably wrap it up there. I, I appreciate all the time. It's always oh, great yeah, to catch I, up with I, you. I
2: enjoyed every minute of it. Anytime my wife is fully engaged, it's a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you, you, you know, you cemented your position in our lives. So if my wife's flowing with you, then I'm flowing with you. So I appreciate you that. Well, I think we're going to have way more of these types of calls because I think this thing with the book is going to blow up mm-hmm. uh, and not because, uh, not because I uh, our, our desire for a blow up as an agenda. Mm-hmm. I just think that, 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 that the book is helping people. Right. right. And so that's my, my, that's my ultimate goal and objective. And, and I think the more people that we help, you know, the more, and I think this podcast will be, uh part of that and other things that we do
1: right that'll be a beautiful thing to see um is there if if people want to join the group how would they go about that or if they wanted to reach out to you
2: uh the probably the easiest way to reach out to me is to uh connect to uh, i'm gonna put in my uh email okay my wife's email okay And just say that you want to be a part of the focus study groups that we have we have them in the spring and the fall Okay. We may have something if we get enough people that want to do it. Mm-hmm. Then we, we'll, we'll create something gotcha. that we'll be able to be do to do outside of that.
1: Gotcha. That work out perfectly because I think this will probably come out right. This will come out right before the fall. So okay, that'll be perfect. Right about um, end of summertime or mid summertime.
2: Yep, and, and then I'll, I can kind of explain to people as we. Uh, um, I, so I put both mine and my wife's uh, email in the uh, in the Got chat. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yes, sir. All right, man.
1: I'll send you those books please and, and,
2: and let's not let's make that an ongoing thing we both get books with so we-